Hey everyone, welcome to the GIST Podcast. If you're tired of being comfortable and want to take on living life from the context of 100%, fuck yeah. Join us each week as we share lessons we're experiencing in this crazy game called life. We invite you to play along and get your shit together. Take responsibility for how your life is currently going. And at the same time, take on new, fun, and sometimes crazy shit. We promise to challenge your thinking by being vulnerable, authentic, and straight up with what we're dealing with, what doesn't work, and what can. Be warned, this is not your grandma's podcast. So today we talk about balancing ambition and the guilt that shows up to do what it takes or not. We talk about how you prioritize the people in your life. Can you be okay with not being a priority in someone else's life? It goes into being capable of saying no and being clear. We talk about selfishness, the act of being selfish and doing what's required for yourself first. You can't give if you don't give to yourself. We talk about not starting the fight, but to fight back, to do what it takes to be relentless in your pursuits, to be gritty. Because inside of the grit and the rubbing back and forth is is really where the, the pearls and the gems come from. You decide at the end of the day what's going to happen, not anybody else. Enjoy the show. We're going to dig in. We're going to explore this. It's going to be really worth your time. All right. Well, welcome to episode 63 of the Just Life podcast. We are joined by Ryan Gill. He's a fellow marketeer for over two decades and co-founder of five companies. What's up, everybody? (laughs) He's a changer of destinies to some of the world's biggest brands to become cult brands by changing their dependence on the tired and overused marketing tactics that are pervasive everywhere. He's a catalyst for a new work model ecosystem of marketing professionals called Communo. He's founder of The Gathering, ranked number one marketing conference to attend this year, a father of two daughters, and he eats status quo for breakfast. <laughs> Who Ryan's that? been the type of person that, despite everything that he's uh, got going on, has always been willing to make time, right, on the one-on-one. Okay. And I, I totally get you got so much stuff going on, and it's hard. So I invited you to the podcast not because of your marketing prowess and your skill set in business necessarily, and we will talk about that. Um, what, and I mentioned this before, the gist life is about the gritty real insights that are rarely talked about and are the driving force for what it is that, um, has us where we're at. And so I want to understand, we want to understand a little bit more about the man behind Ryan Mm -hmm. and, uh, and see if you're willing to dig a little deeper than maybe you've gone before. And if you're open to that, that's going to be the conversation we're going to have. Well, first of all, uh, for those watching on my stream here and those listening, it is a true honor to be here. I know it's cliche to say, but I've uh, been attracted to uh, David, to you and what your uh, energy is. And you've been a supporter of what I've done. Uh, the the things you mentioned, cult and communal and the gathering, uh, even though they grow big, I, I remember the early people, and I'm sure you do too. And uh, so, 
first of all, thank you for supporting what we do. It's an honor to be here today. Um, those watching, we're going to sign off soon. They're probably like shit, but I want them to listen to your, uh, the episode, uh, on your platform, not mine. Um, but I really, you know, this, like, I, I actually feel guilty all the time. And I, I don't, I don't mind that guilt. Um, because that it means I still care that I don't have more time for you right. and, or more people. Um, but it, I, I balance that with also I'm selfish because I have goals. Totally. And so I have to be like, shit, man, or girl, I can't spend time with you right now. I'll try to make time at another time because I got to chase what I got to do. So it's this constant balancing act between uh, ambition and guilt. <laughs> and how do you, uh, you know, how do you go through life with that? Um, you know, what's interesting about that is it takes two. So, You've got a lot of people pulling, yeah. but I suspect that uh, the pull is only, it only, it only goes so far and then they, for whatever reason, uh, stop yeah. or they get preoccupied and it gets lost yeah. and then you're busy, they're busy and the well-meaning intention of, of trying to come together just doesn't happen. It, it actually takes two people to really make that work. How many right. times did we reschedule this podcast? Probably, I don't know. You probably know more than me. Seven times? I don't know. Two <laughs> times? I don't know. It, I, actually, I can't remember. At yeah. least four. Okay. And it's actually not about the fact that this got scheduled four times because yeah. I get it. Yeah. But it took a conversation with you and I. Yeah. It took a conversation with me and Heidi. Yeah. Uh, ongoing, yeah. right? The, the constant touch point on either side. They're like, oh my God, we're going to do this. You know, things are coming up and the commitment to have it happen. And, I, and I'm okay with it. And I don't know if you want to jump in on this, but um, I'm okay with it because I know I'm not um, disrespectful. Now, if I booked it today and didn't show up, that's, that's, that's not cool. But sometimes, and I've gotten okay with this, this goes back to feeling guilty and feeling uh, I'm in my ambition and doing what I got to do and self-love. Um, you, you become okay with it. I don't need that for people waving the moral flag in my face of, you know, and I think if it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. Uh, there's a balance of course. And, I, and maybe even some people listening don't like, some people don't like me because of that. Well then you're not, you're lit. You're, I even say this to some of my customers, like you're really low on my priority list and it takes them back. And, and I say, can I explain to that? You know, cause I get mad. I can't be in LA today or I can't be across town in Calgary. Or I can't be at a place. And I says, and they're upset. And I appreciate that they're upset because it means they want to meet with me. Um, but I say you're low on my priority list. And I said, let me explain that my kids and my wife are first. Uh, I, I have other businesses. I have, I got to try to take care of myself um, first, would be first. And, and so it go, you go down the list, my friends, like I hardly see them. I, I put a post out the other day on social media. I was in New York and I was just got off a FaceTime with my kids and Dabs is my guy that follows me around everywhere. He could tell I was kind of uh, emotional. It was weird. And then he said, what's up? And he recorded it and I said, you know, you don't think I, it wasn't even about my kids. It was the flames were playing. It was in the, in the playoffs. And I'm in New York. He said, do you know where I want to be right now? That was a cool dinner, but you don't think I want to be with my friends at the pub right now watching the Flames play or with my kids just FaceTiming them. But it's sac you got to make sacrifices. And so as I make those sacrifices and then people get pissed off at me, back to the, it's a long way back around to the fourth time we finally made it happen with you on this podcast, is you're not high on my priority list, Dave. Yeah. But you're close. I like you. And if you're cool with that, 
we're going to be cool. And then you people rise up that and everyone listening should have that. And again, don't be a dick. I have that rule. I'm not, I was ever, I hope, hopefully I wasn't and my system wasn't. Well, you wouldn't be here if you were a dick. Yeah, yeah. I, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you gotta be like, it, it, I, I'm getting comfortable with it now. And you know, I've been in business 21 years now and I, I would say I just got comfortable with it two or three years ago. Right. So you raise a good point, man. I think the thing that people are missing a lot of the time is like, it takes something to be straight with somebody and say like, Hey, just by the way, like it actually doesn't mean anything about David or anything. It's, it's more to do with you that he's not on your high on your priority list. Right. (laughs) And just to put that out there, that's totally authentic versus what most people often do is be like, Oh yeah, yeah. We'll make that happen. Or it's all bullshit. Right. You're you're important to me. We just met, but (laughs) Dave's important to me. But my uh, business partner is extremely important to me. Yeah, I get that. My wife and kids are critically important to me. So you can kind of go in love with importance. Yeah. And then um, humans are important to me. Every, like I, I'm a lover. And so those that choose to even watch this podcast or see my you, – you wouldn't believe with now with tens of thousands of followers, the people that uh, just jo- follow me to show hate and show uh, – say things to me. I, I've been – because I'm not an influencer, I'm a business person first, and I'm just, I'm, social media is a tool to me, not, there's influencers there, maybe it hits them. Um, when people say shit to me on, on social, it doesn't even, I don't feel it. Because yeah. you don't, don't know me, and it goes back to the point we're talking about, you're not important to me. Yeah, exactly. That is the weirdest as a human, thing. As a human, you're important to me. As a person that's saying this uh, vitriol and hate, it's like, go fuck yourself. That is the weirdest thing to me. I don't even know, I don't even know you. But, so why <laughs> people will take time and be like, look at this guy. Like really? Like, yeah. Well, they perceive again. Here's my here. I, I literally live a contradiction. I also also empathize with them because it's obviously hitting their radar and their perception of what I'm like. Sure. And then they want to. And it's funny as I'm saying this right now. I'm having a realization right in this moment. In 2019, I told my wife the one thing I'm going to do because I came from a very religious background. I've been out of that for about 20 years. And when people that I get around with religion, I have almost a visceral reaction to them. I'm like, oh, go fuck, fuck. I don't want to hear about this shit. Like another another uh, common thread between the two of you guys. Um, I I. But then I said to my wife, that's got to stop. I can't. I I hate when people judge me or perceive things to me. So I actually went even rather than just ignoring it, I actually, I actually engage with them now, friends and people even online. I was like, that's great that you believe in Muhammad or, or God or Jesus or you love church on Sunday. Because if they did, what, what the hell is it? My, it's, now, it's actually of no concern to you. Now, if they ask me what I think, Different, be I'll ready. share. Different I'll share. <laughs> and, 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 if I, and if it's too much, I got to back off. But it, I actually ruined some relationships, I think, which I don't like that. Because I let my perception of them affect me. It's like, well, I, so anyways, 2019 has been awesome. I've been, as soon as I feel it, I don't just not say anything. I actually do the opposite. I'm like, good for you. You're a worship leader at church and I'm sincere about it. Yeah. And you love it. I don't get it. But if it's literally making you happy, that's amazing. That's all that right. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm so pumped for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I want to. We're on a tangent. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good. It's all about the tangent. That's what it's about, man. The just life tangent. Um, I also want to touch base quick on on this whole notion of selfishness. Has David? This has been a thing we've been chatting about for a while. Hey. Yeah, man. We uh, we have a a real love hate relationship with selfishness. Yeah, and so like 
I think, I don't know who came up with it, but a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, we we're starting to think about this whole idea of being selfish, right? And how out in the public people say, oh, that's a selfish thing to do. And it's like a negative thing constantly. Yeah. But really like, and I know, I know you get this. I just want to help you. Uh, maybe I can support you in relieving some of that guilt because at the, at the end of the day, if, if you're not being selfish, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not being with your family, if you're not getting what you need, there's no way you're going to be the contribution Correct. that you are and, and be up to the things that you're up to. Right. Yep. So that's what it's all about is like, okay, no, I'm actually number one. Yep. And then like your wife and kids are like sandwiched very yeah, yeah. close to that. Number one, one right? in one B yeah, they are yeah. the things that's that fuel you and have you go out and be the guy that you're being right. Yeah. It's uh, if you want to be generous, you have to be selfish. It's, um, it's, it's a paradox. It's how it is, yeah. And I, I, you asked me, you asked me to fill out some stuff and I think I put on, the sheet, did you take, take a look at it? Yeah, uh, of course. My epitaph, I think that's the word, like what's on your tombstone, which I probably won't even have a tombstone, but if you have one. What would um, you have? I would just say. Um, not a, but if it's not a tombstone, what would you have? I don't know, cremate me? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I thought about it. We got our dog cremated. From, from like a, uh, a spaceship to Mars. Yeah, we got our dog cremated. Um, total side note, rest in peace, Snoop. I had it for 15 <laughs> years. And I That's used to cool. be total side note. Um, says uh, this makes me feel like a bit of a jerk, but people that lost dogs or animals, they would get sad. And I never had an animal until 15 years ago. And I'd be like, you're crying. I wasn't rude to them. I didn't get it. And then when Snoop passed away uh, about a year ago, um, I was like a puddle for like a week. Mm -hmm. I still am. Yeah, and, uh, and so you go through life and, and I think that's just the cycle of life of being more empathetic. And, uh, I miss, I miss her. Um, what were we talking? Oh, oh, what were we talking, talking about? about being selfish? Yeah. And she definitely wasn't, she was there for me every day when I came home. Most uh, and, um, that's cool. but on my, that's a, Oh, cream. She got, we cremated her and she sits on my wife's uh, nighttime table. So I, I actually was like, that's weird to be cremated, but now I love seeing her there. And I like that memory. So I'll probably do that. But if, on my tombstone, we'll say I'm getting buried now for my tombstone. Since I was like 12 or 13, I remember going to like this leadership thing at high school, which is hilarious because I got like D's, E's, and F's, so I don't know why. I was In leadership? No, at school. Oh, yeah. And um, But I went to this leadership thing, I forget what is it called, and they asked that epitaph thing, and I'm like young, and I'm like, I just want to be a guy that gives. I was like, um, he was a giver, or the definition of generosity. Hmm. And as I, as I've matured and what that means back to your point, I think it's a wonderful point of you, you can't give anything if you don't have it, if you don't give to yourself. Yeah, and so sure. I've matured in that. Um, and I think, um, as I grow old, I'll get better at giving to myself and get, um, more, have more efficacy in my giving to myself to make it less. I need less of it. So I, I can do half an hour and maybe in 20 years I can do it in 10 minutes. You, you'll get, cause you want to give most of your time to other people. So I, that's my goal in life. I'd like to shrink and make that time more efficient to give to myself so I can obviously with kids and family. Um, that's why I do love social media. It so for all the shitty things, it's, it's a powerful scaling tool to give like the, like there's people, this dude today on social, I should read it, um, from Philadelphia or, um, I'm going to, he'll probably watch or listen. Uh, but he wanted me to come and, uh, speak at one of his events. He's probably like 20, 19. And now I said, I'll come, but you got to make it happen. And to be able to help him through some things and, um, you know, 
it's just cool. I've never reached this guy. I forget. I don't even know his name, but it, that's cool. That is cool. That's so, very cool. So giving, yeah, you got to give to yourself first. What do you guys think of it? Like, what do you think of it? Selfishness? Well, that's, Go for it. that's kind of, okay. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Right. Cause I've always been the type of person that I, this is not like, cause I'm whatever. I just feel like, oh, I don't matter. You know, what matters is given to other people. Yeah. Right. And then so the martyr complex. Right. And then I realized like, and then I'd be like, and I didn't even know where this was coming from. It was not present for me, but then I'd be like irritated and angry because like, I'm not getting what Reset, I want. Resent, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then I'm like always committed to all these other things and I'm always doing things and I'm thinking in my head, like this is literally as I'm growing up and becoming a man, I'm thinking, why am I not happy? Why yeah. am I not fulfilled? I'm doing all these cool things for other people. Yeah. Like people like me, things are good. Why am I not happy? And it was like, Oh, it's because I'm not actually being at cause of getting what I want to yeah. create for myself. My health was failing, you know, things were happening like that. Cause I wasn't taking care of myself. Right. Yeah. And so now, um, making myself a priority and realizing that to be a bigger contribution, I actually have to make myself and the things that are important to me more of a priority right? and not give my time away so easily. Yeah. That's what I'm always a yes for people. And now yeah. I'm really discovering that breakthrough. Of, and do you of find people. your, like, I don't know what you guys maybe answer this. Do you find that you're really, you have admiration for those people that learn to say, and it's so cliche and they learn to say no mm-hmm. or to have their priority straight. Um, I remember even this guy named Dan Johansson. Shout out Dan Johansson if you're watching. He used to work for me at my old digital agency back in the early 2000s. He was a young guy, art director for me. And I think he's like creative director at Clear Motive now, um, somewhere. We have, we're, we're, we're like tight, but not tight. At least like those guys, if I saw him. And he was way much younger than me, I think. Uh, but I used to always love him and admired him for his ability to say. And he was like hard about it. Like, hey, we're going to do this pitch over the weekend. And good for me. I wanted to do it. And, and yeah. I'd love his help. And he'd just be like, he worked for me. And he's like, no. And there was no no follow-up. <laughs> just no. Just no. <laughs> but it was delivered. You know those people? Like, my mom's kind of like that. Like, just soft but firm. And like, no. And then it just, it's not, you can just tell it's because they are doing something else. Yeah, and that's it, right. And, and, and yeah. they imply I don't need to tell you why it's just no. And you know, 99% it's yet. It's yet. 99% of the time of stuff I do for you is yes. And it, it used to hit me and I hated it. And then I started to look at that guy like Dan and be like, he's got it figured out. So I think that's the thing though. It's a no because, and you already get just in that no that, Oh yeah, they got other stuff going on. Yeah. And if, as a respectful person, if you want them to respect you, you gotta say, Hey, they've got, they've Kate Cole, uh, cat Cole, uh, was on linked up on LinkedIn. If you said you watched some of my stuff, go back to that episode. But um, she just has bigger. She just says she has bigger yeses, right? Her yeses are really sure. Brene Brown, um, who I got to know because she spoke at the gathering a few years. Do you guys know Brene Brown? Amazing. I got to know her, um, and she wasn't able to come. And so, do you mind if I tell the story? Absolutely. So for the Please listeners do. out there, um, so we had Brene Brown, which is a big get at the gathering two years ago and uh we were pumped about having her and we announced it and we and as you know people we have thousands of people that come to the gathering and they pay a lot of money like uh like a ticket the the lowest ticket is a thousand bucks and then the most expensive ticket is like forty five hundred dollars to come 
So there's a huge sense of, um, um, and, and rightfully so, a huge sense of uh, responsibility on the team's shoulders and my shoulders to deliver. And so when we say a speaker's coming, they've got to be there and, and we pay for it all and, and it costs us a lot of money to put this event on. And those that have come, those that are listening, know hopefully we deliver and over deliver. Yeah, but it's because of this belief, okay? So we got this thing going and like, I don't want to get this wrong because I, I, Brene might listen to this. So I think it's, and four days before the event, so like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It might have been five days because the event really starts on Wednesday, but most people come in on Tuesday. So four or five days before the event, Brene emails me and says, can you call me? So first of all, I don't, I'm don't. i using her first name like we're friends. We're not friends. So when Brene Brown emails you and says we should talk, you're like, you're, you know, you're it's not going to be great. Yeah. yeah. And, and anyone who runs an event out there builds something we're still building. It's like, this is, you already have a million fires burning in the other area. It's like now you're at keynote. So she phones me, Brad Foster gets on the phone with me who was helping run the event at the time or Greg Damis, one of them. And, uh, we get on the phone. Hey Ryan. Hey Brene. And we had talked a couple times before that. Um, and she, how she says it again, back to this point of just being clear on her, She's like, I have bad news for you, but I'm very clear on what I need to do. So the, she had sent a message already that there's no, so she's like, I cannot, I can't come to your event. My, my son is sick or dealing with some things. She didn't go into too deep, much detail. And I was, I just saw red and I was just like, as much as I admired her, I was like, cause I was letting down a thousand plus people, you know, a lot of them that were coming mainly for her. So I said, Brene, that's not good. I said, that can't happen. I just said to her and she's like, it's happening. Um, so I said, can I call you back in like two hours? And so I, we hang up. I said, I just, I can't think right now. I'm like mad, nervous, feeling like letting people down, frustrated. So I just got to get off the phone. So I, she said, sure, call me back. So then I get off the phone, but then I just go right into mode of, we need to have her there. And so I was like, I phone my, uh, this is like going to sound like fancy, but I phoned my buddy that I know has a, I phoned two buddies, one that's a pilot. So I said, it's, she didn't want to be away from her son, which I found it later. It was so obviously legit. So I said, I phoned my buddy who's a pilot. I said, how long does it take to get from, uh, I think she's in Houston, Texas or, or Dallas to Cal- to Springbank airport. And then we'll get her there. I think we got it down. He said, if we did this sort of jet, um, we can get her in and out. So it's like a day at the office, like fly from Houston or Dallas in a spring bank, drive to the Banff Springs, go back. And it would be like seven or eight hours. Like she'd be back home. So that was option one. So I was like, good, we can get there. So then I have to phone, I have a pilot. And he said he would do it for me. And so then I have to phone another favor and a friend who I know has a G5, a jet. And I'm like, uh, I, I don't want a favor. It's not for free. Can we use your jet? Like, who called? <laughs> yeah, by the way, people uh. listening, this isn't a regular occurrence for me, okay? But I was pulling out of stops. I'm like, she's coming. Like, yeah, what yeah, can I go back to her with? This there. is huge, yeah. man. So I wow. go, um, this is a long story to tell a great uh, punchline. But I go, can we use it? How much will it cost? And it was a shitload of money. And I said, okay, good. Here's the dates. Is it available? Yes. This is like two hours I have to put. So that's option one. Okay, Brene, cool. Um, I got 
got a private jet. We're going to fly you out. You're going to come speak. Bring your son. We'll get it. Also, my other friend's a doctor. I phoned him the doc. So I was like, I didn't know how sick the kid was. So I got a doctor and a pilot and a private jet. Okay. <laughs> He's come. Okay. So, so then uh, option wow. two, I phone, uh, I phone, uh, Shaw Cable, um, Telus and Bell quickly had, and it wasn't just me. I got some help and said, how can we do that? And then, uh, AT&T, like the American ones. And how can we get a, a, a simulcast that will never break down? Because we can't, if we're going to do it simulcast at our studio, Something remote, yeah. it has to be perfect and you have to have backups. Like, so when you do, when Obama or Trump does the State of the Union, it's not like just one feed. It's like they have uh, redundancy. So, yeah, it's yeah. so we found out we got to have a bunch of internet, uh, audio, video. So that was going to cost thousands of dollars too, right? Like, so that was option two. If you can't come on the jet, if you said no, we will do um, this um, simulcast or like this video cast, but it's got to be like the best ever. And then option three, because she's friends with Oprah, um, I said, or it's Oprah. So that's what I came up with, these three options. So I get her on the phone, ring, ring, ring. Hey, Brene, it's me and Brad again. I said, okay, you cannot come. Like I, we're four or five days. I can't replace you with someone like that big. Like, I, I don't know. And, um, she was still like, I, I'm, I can't come. Like, and she was very no. And so I said, here's my options. And so I said, option one, I got a jet. I got a doctor and I got a pilot. We can get you here. And it'll be like, you're what not was her reaction to that one. She, you should, we should have her back on. She was like, wow. Yeah. I said option two. So option three was the internet. Option two is if you can't, if you can't do that, you need to get me Oprah. That's, I didn't know of anyone up. I need if she's not being there, I want it to be more better. Right. Yeah. 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 And she, I know she's friends with Oprah. And so she laughs and I said, I'm dead serious. (laughs) Option three, Brene, which I don't want, but it will, is like, uh, we'll, we'll get your, uh, cause she has a studio and stuff like that. We'll, uh, have a secure internet connection with redundancy and all this stuff at our end and at the Springs and at your end. And she said, that's great. And, and the story goes, you were there, were you there? I was there. It, and it turned out awesome. Almost better. And it was like, she was giving like, it's like she was there and she was like interacting with Paul Brandt in front row. So, that? Yeah. Yeah. So she was remote. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so it ended up, she said no to the other two things. Right. And, uh, she ended up showing up and everyone said, and like, um, we, forget how we did it. Cause I was like, um, I didn't want to say it from stage cause she was the first keynote. I think we told everyone two days before we let everyone know. So we had to let everyone down, but I promised them and she promised them that it would be great. And it was, I think people were disappointed. She wasn't there, but it was like, she was there. Yeah. And I think it became a, a part of the story of just a couple things, grit, uh, and re- relentless resourcefulness of how are we going to pull this off? And then secondly, me understanding, I still use her to this day and I use her wording when I have to let people down. I can't be like, it's the guilt thing of like, we're, we're bringing this back around people listening. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the story, but she just said no. And she was going to be there for her kid and he was sick. And now I actually respect her more. I went from being pissed off at her at start and like, how could she do this to us? Yeah. Right. And now I look back, how could I do that to her? If, if her kid's really sick and what she was like, what if, what if, asshole I am to be like you have to be here for me yeah and these people I don't even know right although it's good hearted of me like I got to deliver and I should feel a sense of responsibility I, I'm actually good the good people at the event if I forced her to come and made her feel guilty and stuff like if they heard the real story they'd be like if it got out it'd be like that's more of a loser move than 
her yeah. not being here. So back to your story. It's a wonderful moment in time. The Dan Johansson story, a guy that worked for me locally that I know to the big celebrity uh, author and CEO. That's like, I can, I cannot do that. And it was like, it ended up being, I respect you more. Yes. And there's something else uh, underneath that, that um, a lot of us would not realize is just as important. And that is your commitment to a promise and her commitment to a promise Correct. that at the end of the day, there was something that was agreed upon yeah. that was created to make a difference for people. And how do we honor that? Yeah. yeah. To be uh, a man or woman of your word, which in today's world yeah. is a scarce resource. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about selfishness. Well, that's the, the other side of selfishness. Yep. But even go deeper to what you just said, because we had, we pulled it off, but she was the other promise she made that's bigger than the promise she made me was to be a good mom to her son. Totally. I so, mean, the balancing act there. Right? And it's all about promises. Yes. That, what, what promises do you make to yourself? And keep yeah. them. No, man. That, and you can keep four at a time. They can be simul They can be in parallel because she wasn't letting me down. And she was like, let's figure it out. But I'm not breaking. If you're asking me to break this promise, again, critically, you're low, Dave, you're low on my priority list. But you know it's not a, you know I like you and we're friends. But the moment you're like, no, I should be more important than this or that, it's like. That gets compromised. You though. go even lower. Yeah, wow. Sorry, you were going to. Well, no, I was just going to say, like, inside of what David's talking about, it's just really an interest. Uh, it's a commitment actually by on both sides to, to, to look at what works rather than somebody being right or somebody being wrong or, you know what I mean? The under the thumb mentality versus like, okay, well you can't be here. What can we do? Re resourcefulness. Yeah. And it goes already. back. We've started this whole thing talking about giving and generosity. You just know when someone is, and, or I, I don't, I don't want to plug communal, but the, the, the DNA, the number one value on internally building, by the way, you can, we can talk about Camino as later. It's my startup, which is for the marketing creative world. If you're listening out there, go check it out. Camino.com. But I got to give it a plug. Shameless plugs are always welcome. Yeah, um, but the core of it, meaning my internal employees and the community is generosity. And it's so contrary into the advertising marketing world. And, and, oh my God, and it's the opposite because, um, a lot of artists, and if you're listening out there, um, you can hate me for a bit, but I think you'll love me later is a lot of artists because they've been treated poorly and they're it's not wrong. And, and the ad industry have just been about zero sum game. I've got to win. You've got to lose. And then they carry that into this. If they go solopreneur or they go on their own, they are just looking up for themselves and I, and it's, it's going to make them lose. And what I mean by that is if you come into the communal community, the first thing we say is post a job, don't get a job. Like, post a uh, go go try to find work for someone else you'll get work um, and a lot of them don't do it and the whole industry's filled with that right from the top to the bottom of just looking up for me and we're going to change the game and so and it's going to help our industry globally that you come into our our community and give and be generous it and we just spent 40 30 minutes talking with generosity it doesn't mean at the self-sacrifice and no, and like martyr, martyr being a martyr but it does mean getting outside yourself and it does mean, um, thinking about if you can, if you can help yourself, if you can really try to be like 10% for yourself, when I say it, pump yourself up, take care of yourself and then try to find 90% of ways to give to other people and help other people, you'll, you'll get that 90% more back. So 
I don't know how we came back to this, but just because of the space I'm in, it's crazy because I know I got an uphill battle and, and Camino's a year and a half old or two years old. And we got like a, t it's like, you don't change the industry's MO in like two years. So no, when I look at the play. mountain we're climbing, I tell my team, keep, keep doing it. Generosity wins. Um, wow. but it's going to take a fucking long time when you got to be willing. So in my experience inside of Camino as a network, um, now Vern and I, we have a, a very different context for, um, selfishness and yeah. being of service and, and challenging the, uh, the programming that got created in our past that is not of service to us is always keeping us in a uh, scarcity protection mindset. Yeah. It's instinctual in a lot of ways. Yeah. Most of us do not realize that that's what's running the show. And that's what's running the show. Yeah. To your point, we're, you know, what's in it for me? Well, how do I, how do I get what's mine? Um, and unfortunately, the vast majority of people do not understand how to change that narrative. Yeah. So it's really hard when you say, you know, be out for other people yeah. when they don't actually know what that Let me help looks them. like. Let me help them for a minute. Okay. Uh, our, and literally people are not going to like me for this, but I'm going to help them. That's so love, man. so <laughs> listen to me if you're listening right now and you're an art, let me talk to specifically to art directors. I'm just picking them out there. You're not the problem, but say, art directors out there, junior designers, Right. I could literally say copywriters or web devs, but I'm going to use them because I want to talk to, I want to talk to one person listening right now. When's, let me help you. What Dave just said and Vern's talking about, I'm going to help you get ready. Go by, when's the last time you walked in with coffee? Now, listen, 90% of you out there are going to be like, I did it. But the 10% of the one person listening right now, you're going to be like, fuck, I haven't done that for 20 years. 15, when's the last time you picked up dinner? There's that guy or girl listening right now that, and your friends love you, by the way. It doesn't mean you're a bad person just because you're not generous, but I want to help you have abundance, okay? Next time at dinner, fucking shock everyone. $1,000 dinner, $500 dinner. You don't have it in the bank. Go into debt. I'm And like buy, or go smaller than that. Just buy coffee for your coffee, maybe, or your room, if you're at a co-working space. Or um, the next time you get a $1,000 uh, uh, logo project, you know, and that's not that much. It's big for you. Give 500 to someone else and say, hey, I'm going to help with this. And you know, they need it. So literally, but we'll go right back to just buy coffee or come in. And I know some people that even I'm thinking about that I love. I've known them 15, 20 years, never given me one thing. I don't care because I'm going to give to them. It's not about that. But I, 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 they're robbing themselves. Yeah, right. And, they're, and I don't even think they know it. So I love that someone's listening the the 10 people listening the nine that hate me the one person that's listening that's like he's right like i or she i haven't been that person that's i'm 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 starving right now for work or i'm feeling lonely or i'm feeling it's like i know the answer generosity and encouragement <laughs> maybe if you can't even actually here's another thing maybe you can't buy coffee text that friend that helped you out text that boss it up just those things man i, I like i like want to yell in the mic with this because yeah, yeah. and i would actually powerful. i would i would right. i would say avoid the text message and pick up the fucking phone and give them a call yeah that's that's a big one because just we are someone. we are so sheltered and this is a byproduct of our of our lack uh, of connection and and willingness to now 
um, do something for another human being to pick up the phone. Yeah. So we had a, a friend who held an event last week, mm. powerful life and relationship coach, actually the perfect person to talk to when it comes to understanding these types of things. Yeah. And uh, she held an event first time she's done that. And she had what, maybe 10 people there out of the, the, just because of who she is for us, we said, we want to help you. We want to help you get bums in seats. We want to help you take care of all the things that need to be taken care of so you can be with people. Yeah. And she had about 30 people that were there. Yeah. It wasn't the 200 was, that she was. It know. was 50. Actually. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge success. Yeah. Um, but it, it to, I totally lost my train of thought. Go ahead. Well, I, I actually don't know what your train of well, thought she was. was. Help, you were saying you helped her and that she went out of the, her way to do something. Oh, you know what it was? It was the phone calls. Thank you. So Vern and I, uh, and potentially some others, we, we got on the phone and we had calls on yep. our weekend yep. to talk to people about this event and to invite them to the and event. support her. And support her. It could have gone in a way of a social share over Facebook. Um, and what, text you, what did you get out of it helping her? What, what did I get out of it? Probably I got, nothing. I, I didn't get anything. No, that's but actually, actually, I got everything exactly. because I got to be connected to people and get into people's world. And by simply saying, you know what? If, at, if the only thing that comes out of this call, and this was usually on a voicemail because people mm. don't pick up their fucking phones anymore, yeah. and I get I'm it. I'm one of those people, by the way. Yeah, yeah, totally. I get it. <laughs> My voicemail says, you can leave a message. I check them every three months, so. Right. <laughs> don't leave them every three months. <laughs> but this is what happened, and this was interesting. So those that did, uh, and, and everybody did uh, respond at some point. That's awesome. Um, they actually called. There's a few that called back and said, hey, I just wanted to call and say, hey, because I heard what you said in your message that we don't do this enough and that it's a yeah. dying, it's something that's being missed. And I wanted to say, I hope you have a good Saturday. And I want to do it on the phone. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. So uh, David and I were having a chat and we're like, you know, this has been such a great conversation. It's been inspiring. I'm really inspired by the grit. All the stuff that you're up to, man, is like blows me away. But what I'm curious about is how did you actually get to where you're at? So what does it look like, yeah. you know, the 15, 25 year down, down there? What was that like for you? What mistakes did you make along the way? How did you get to selfishness and generosity? Yeah, that's a, I've been thinking about that lately because you kind of have imposter syndrome on the way up, right? Mm. And, um, and then you also have to be like, it's funny when I'm about to say this because I literally think I'm going to go broke every day. I still feel that. Well, that makes me, me feel better. <laughs> meanwhile, and it's literally, I think it's an entrepreneur. It's like, and I tell, you know, I, I know what my net worth is and it's big, but I still have this feeling like I was out um, for dinner in New York uh, with some amazing people um, two weeks ago and I picked up dinner. And I'm getting, getting around to your great question. Yeah. And I feel like I still have PTSD from my days of suitcases, I ran this digital agency for years that did really well, agency of the year, won lots of awards, had lots of, uh, you know, lots of people that work for us, greatest companies in the world, but we were losing money. And like, by the time I sold it, and I'm using air quotes if you're listening, uh, sold it, but really sold it for the debt. Um, 
through those years of, of our rise, I was just, uh, that's why I created Communo too. We had too many people, we had too much space, so it looked good in the outside, but we were losing money. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we we're a bad company, it's just didn't know how to operate. But I would go for dinners and literally my credit card would bounce, like it would decline, and then my personal would decline, and like I literally two or three times, I'd be like, uh, and then the client would have to pay. Like that's embarrassing, oh, right? Yeah. The, back to grit, right? But, yeah. And I still go out, for dinner now and I easily can pay but I literally had the panic you get a little bit nervous because I don't want and it's not that I want to impress them but it's like that's not no one wants to be embarrassed and like you're especially yeah. now that where I am at like I thought this guy was yeah, huge together. can you imagine right? could, you, and, could you pick uh, this one up yeah <laughs> um, but I tell that story because it's still real to me yeah and I'll never forget I came from lower class I, I grew up in the ghetto kind of thing and in this small town in Brockville and um, low income housing kind of thing and so I never forget where I came from so I probably had grit growing up but back to imposter syndrome you kind of grow up and then you're in business and then you kind of made it and you own buildings and you have companies you have hundreds of employees in different companies and you start to say okay you got to start to be like you can't be like feeling like you aren't something so you got to start to say I'm not I am the real deal you got to have self-belief and and uh, but I still I still carry those things and so I I don't want to let go of those feelings and those memories of of those days where my credit card bounced and you know I was borrowing money from my it was my girlfriend at the time, but now wife to make payroll. That's cool. You know, those my wife types used of to things. pay my rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And shout out to Amy, my wife's name. What's your wife's name? Crystal. Crystal, shout out Crystal and Amy for uh, paying our payroll and rent. Um, <laughs> now we got to pay you back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're good women if, they, you know, we make it now and that you remember those days. But um, where was I going? Oh, yeah, so grit. I just, I've had it because of what I grew up with and then what I've, I've done and I keep putting myself out there like I could have easily sit back with cult and the gathering and my uh, real estate holdings and my investments and been a fat cat and been like I'm good and I still would have to work a little bit but they're they're all rolling and and they're big and uh, I have people running them that I don't really need to do the work but I put myself into the things like Communo which is trying to be a global movement because I know it's a it's beyond me and so that and I have to be gritty to get there. And so the, the number one grit, um, the number one grit, uh, quote I love is no grit, no pearl. Right. And so everyone knows where pearls come from. Um, and so there's that grit in there and over a hundred years or whatever, it's the grit that makes the pearl, not the, you know, the, is it clam or, or oyster? Yeah, Oyster, one of those one, ones. One of the, whatever, some Shelly thing. Yeah, no um, doubt. So grit, it's in me, and I actually, this is where I do get frustrated with people that work for me and people that are in my life that don't have it. Um, I, I wish they had more grit because um, when things come up, they get, they wring their hands. People that are gritty are like, okay, this is hard, like the Brene Brown thing. Yeah. It's like, all right, now I get to figure this out. Right, people right, right. People with no grit or back, backbone. Um and I think it's from the rough life I came up with. I was a smaller guy and I played hockey, but I also grew up. And it's like, if you get punched in the face, you punch the person back. My parents weren't like, 
walk away and and maybe that could have been right but I, but I like that like I'm not going to start a fight and I might I probably lost 50 or 60% of the fights I got in yeah but I wouldn't start them but if I get punched in the face or I got shoved I'm going to shove you back yeah I think that's what grit is it's the, it's the tension and being okay with that to know that what comes out of this hopefully will be good and I'll have my self respect and um, yeah you got to that grittiness is such a great word if even if the, I, I don't have it in front of you but i've i have like looked up the word and the meaning and the synonym synonyms and it's such an amazing word i don't know if you could pull it up there grit do you have do you have the internet there i do what's yeah. it say small loose particles of stone or stone oh no, that's not the one <laughs> courage and resolve strength of character well the small stone thing we, you the best quote i know about grit is no grit no pearl which comes from that stone thing, mm-hmm. like the grit, yeah. grittiness. Is it's like actually the, the rubbing of, of over those hundreds small of years to get that pearl, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I love it when you say grit. I literally get um, goosebumps. It's in our it's in our purpose it's like grit manual. Bumps. Yeah, grit bumps. Um, but if you're listening out there and you're going through a hard time right now, um, look up that word and ask yourself, "Do I have grit?" Because if you do, you'll get through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do you say to people when it it comes to like like what I'm thinking about when I think about grit and I think about the low moments, the, the times of struggle and when you're by yourself. So what do you say to people that maybe they're not alone? Maybe they have people, but when they're on their own, they, they feel, feel alone. alone. Yeah. So what do you say? Like, how do you in, in, so, implement grit in that situation? So funny. I'm, I'm doing a show. It's coming out in June called on your own, but not alone. A YouTube show. So you, you can check into that later when it's about that. Little but teaser. Yeah, a little teaser on your own, but not alone. Um, you shouldn't be alone. You don't need to be. But back to those people that are feeling that right now, listening, uh, I can give you some um, remedies to get out of that. And they're, uh, what we Dave talked about earlier is text or call. If you're feeling low or feeling shitty about your situation, which is real, some people are going through a lot of stuff listening to this right now. And uh, it's real shit. So you don't just, you know, believe it, name it and claim it like that's bullshit. But I do know it works for me. Uh, Gratitude and exercise. Uh, Like if you can go thank a few people in your past and not just be I'm thankful for this cool mic here, this water. I feel like people. So reaching out, out, getting outside of yourself and then doing some sort of walk around the block, get an exercise. Yeah, I think those two things where we. So those are the things that. When, uh, that helped me become gritty yeah. and, and, but I really think back to you out too, but grit for me is it's almost pushing back against the situation. I talked about if someone punched me in the nose, I don't walk away. I punch them in the nose, even if I'm going to get my ass kicked. Um, because I, again, that self-respect, that's my pushback. And I think if you read that stone one in the grit, like it's all it is, is rubbing back against each other mm-hmm. and the rub back against emotional, uh, distress or mental health and just feeling depressed i think the pushback the grit part mm-hmm. the the sandpaper the push back don't if you just let that run you over which it's run me over i've been depressed many times mm-hmm. if you just let that run you over and it keeps going this way and no pushback the pushback for me is gratitude so depression negative thoughts feeling the pushback doesn't mean those negative feelings aren't coming and i'm not a doctor um i like to play one on the internet um, Don't we all? <laughs> uh, but 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 it's good to share, right? And this is why, the, again, social media and podcasts are good to share our, our own situations. Vern is like the pushback for me is is gratitude and exercise and trying to I'm not so great in the exercise one, but I'm definitely an expert on the gratitude one. It's fucking magic, bro. Yeah. Are you an early riser? No. 
It's my biggest. Have we talked about this before? No. It's my biggest. Um, it's, it's my kryptonite. Early early mornings yep. are your kryptonite. Yep. Early mornings are my kryptonite, and it's actually I went counseling for it, went to doctors for it. I've been working at it for years. Um, uh, and here's the thing: I finally got through some a psychologist. Um, got to a point where the shame went away because I was successful anyway. And actually, if I didn't have a wife and a, and kids, I would come in at eleven or twelve, and I'd work till nine. Uh, so I finally, after years of like, finally getting to the point where like, shit, what if I'm still hitting my numbers? I'm not going to, I'm a great partner. Uh, I, I, now I'm honest about it rather than bullshit and lying about pe- right. people. Um, but, but, but Vern and Dave, it, it, it ruined high school for me. Uh, I wouldn't wake up and then I'd be, I'd be late for school. So then I got sick of being late. So I just wouldn't go. Cause mm-hmm. I, and then when I would go, I hadn't been for so long. This is people are probably gonna laugh, but I like I was embarrassed and shameful. And the number one reason was I didn't I didn't go enough. My parents thought I went, but I went somewhere else. I didn't even know the I didn't even know the code to my locker. Nice. I I literally again goosebumps because I remember the shame. It sounds hilarious, but it's like I didn't know when my class was. We didn't have iPhones and stuff back then, or or what (laughs) my or what what the code to my lock on my locker was. That's how little I went. But it was because wow. I didn't get up in the morning. It's funny you even ask that you bring that up. It's literally my number one thing. And so then I got through it. And if, again, those out there that if you're bad at mornings and it's not in you, like I went to doctors and psychologists, if you don't have responsibilities, do your thing. I went to Hong Kong and I don't know if it's real or not, but the people I was hanging out with, they got up because I think it's because the houses in Asia are so small that dinner, you don't do dinner at home like in North America. You, most people go out to markets or whatever. I love that community aspect. Back. But I think it's because of their social economic no space. Yeah, there's no space. Yeah. So they go all go up for dinner. So work goes till like seven. They don't start it till eleven. So they start at eleven and work till seven, right? And then everyone goes up for dinner. I love I'm like, sign me up for that. I don't that's, know if that's, that's true. Like siestas fact in check that. Fact check that. I don't know if it's true, but I, I that's what I perceived. And I was like, I could live here. But again, going back, I, I if I could if I didn't have kids, but now I'm really still going to counseling and trying to get help for this. Um, because I want to be there early and I believe you can change your life and you can change your, your you, habits. And you've your mind. proven it. It's possible. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I still have shame and I still get down on myself because I feel like, because I want to be done at three or four, but you know, you see the levels I run at, uh, high level. So I got to put in like 10 hours, at least 12 hours a day. I want to, I love my job. So that means I got, if I want to leave at four, I got to be there at four in the morning or five or even six, you know, if I can be there six, six till six, but I'm not yet because I want to be home. My goal is to get home at four uh, and then I can have dinner with my family and I can be done with work and unplug and be a hundred percent with my family. I don't know why you asked that, but that's so cool. It's like literally my, now I can share it for years. I was shameful of it. And I'd lie. I would lie about where I was and I would lie because I was ashamed of it and I, I would sleep in and I would be, it was bad for many years. Now I'm cool with it. When I met Chris Nealon, my business partner, the first thing I said, because I just couldn't handle the lies anymore. Even though I was still hitting my number, I just felt shameful about being late. And be- I just said, Chris, if we're going to work together. You got to be okay uh, with this. I- I'm going to be in sometimes at seven and sometimes at two in the afternoon. And um, but I'll what I won't what I won't do 
is I won't miss our numbers. I won't miss my commitments. Uh, but just don't make any commitments at like nine. Uh, so I've gotten better now with kids. I just have to. They're jumping on my bed. And totally. It's way better. In my They're natural alarm. And clock. I actually set breakfast meetings and stuff like that. But it's still not natural for me. Yeah, right. And so check back with me in a couple I'm, I'm a couple years. I'm still working through it. But uh, I don't know. What's your guys' kryptonite? There, There's a... Before I, we go into kryptonite, because uh, there's plenty of that... Uh, um, the only caveat I would throw, because I'm, I'm an early riser, I, I and I have been practicing it for um, a better part of six, seven years. So on average, I'll be up at 445. It's irritating. It's only irritating because <laughs> he's got stories running around it. Um, and it's actually not about waking up early. And yes, there is there's a lot to say about that early morning time when it is quiet and it's your own. It is on your terms, truly. Yeah. There's magic there. And that at any given time of the day, maybe later on in the evening, there's a, there's a similar version of that. Yeah. But by that point, you're pretty tapped out. Yeah. So, so you really don't get to leverage it as effectively as, as you could in the mornings. That said, the, the only reason I bring that up is I, what I see is people are up and out and, and they are in the race of whatever it is that they need to be doing and dealing with. And, uh, and they haven't given the space, and it can be an hour, the space to set up the day, right? To get grounded, um, to, to really touch in and, and connect to what you're grateful for and, and, and set up now intentionality, for the rest of your day versus reacting. And now you're out the door, you know, six to six. Fuck man. When you said that, I'm like, Nope, there's no way I get, I get your tenacity and your commitment. Yeah. And, uh, I would say that you'd be even more effective. Yeah. I probably can get a two or three, right? You yeah. totally could. Cause I, I think I need 12 hours cause I'm revving at no thought of what I'm doing. It's just, I get up and then I'm late for the first thing. Right. Yeah, man. man. And people that know me are going to be like, at least he's telling the truth. Right? <laughs> they know that's me, but it, it causes me to after all we work 12 or 15 hours. Cause there's no thoughtfulness in it. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing that you get to bring back in is the thoughtfulness, the mindfulness of what, what is it that I'm doing right now? And is it actually effective or do I need to call it? Well, I literally think for me, and I'm not different than other, for me, it's, when I get people to help me right now, I'm working. It's like I, I'm not, I'm not, a, never been an alcoholic or addicted to stuff, but I can empathize. I feel like my addiction is sleeping in, and literally, if the person that's going to help me in the next little while, I'm like, you're going to come to my house at six in the morning at my door. I'm paying this person to help me work out, and just, but like, I'm going to lie to you, hundred percent. I'm going to say I'm not there. I'm going to be like, oh my kid's send, sick. Send a message to uh, David Goggins. Yeah. I, I heard that's, that, that, is he a big morning guy? Do you know who David Goggins I, yeah, is? Yeah, I've heard, I think he was on Joe Rogan and uh, yeah. there's a guy named, there's another guy named Robert, uh, not Robert, Sharma? Something. Uh, he wrote Robin five, Sharma. 5am Club. Brilliant book, I'm reading yeah. it right now actually. Is it good? Yeah. 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 So or, I, I'm in the zone, so I know I'm going to come through it, but right now I'm, but I love being self-aware to be whoever's going to help because I need help. So back to, I think it's a disease. Addiction can be to anything, right? Sure. Yeah. And so I think I'm addicted, but it all came from shame because I started doing bad. And so I think as I can go back, I went, it was physiological and emotional. And I started doing bad in school and I lived in the basement of my parents. We lived in this tiny house and no sunlight. Right. So I wouldn't know what it was. It sounds, I, I, I went to psychologists and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a real, real thing. thing. No, right? it's a real so thing, my circadian man. rhythm, 
mixed with shame of not doing good at school. And then I started sleeping in. Yeah, and then it wasn't night and day. I didn't know when. And it's just fucked me up. So you know what's really present for me right now? Because if, if I was listening, I'd be like, who is this guy? Because the thing is, is your background sounds a lot like just in terms of what you dealt with in school and all, all that kind of stuff. It sounds very similar to what mine was like in terms of, I was certainly not an A student. Let's yes. just say that. And, uh, you know, I'd rather do other things. And what's missing right now is like, well, what happened? How did you really get a hold of yeah, I think like, that's what you asked, getting really. into action yes. and like creating this amazing life for yourself? Like, so yeah, let's go back to that. Was there like a mentor or was there like a, no, a girl broke my heart. I think that's when I think my turning point, a girl that I love broke my heart. And so not to be a Damn, hippie like dippy. A feel, no uh, shit. But what happened through that was I let, we probably would have broke up, but back to the church stuff, other people were involved in it. And I, and it came actually, uh, I, people that didn't believe I literally wasn't showing up. It goes about always back to me, but the other people basically broke us up. Okay. So I don't want to get into all this spiritual stuff, but there's like prophets and pastor, all these people that had this reason why we should of who should be goes. with this girl and who should be. And, and she's a great girl and she's moved on. We both moved on. But if you ask my moment was in my early twenties was, they broke us up and that moment I was so crushed and broken and just, and then I came out of it somehow. It took me a couple of years, but I, t I got one through heartbreak, but basically it was like, how did I not punch those people in the face? Like I was taught to, right? Like if they punched me and stand, I was just like, I'm going to stand up for myself. Uh, I think that was the moment in my life. Again, not just believing what was preached from the pulpit and it's again nothing against church or, but for me I was just going with the flow and acting trying to be something yeah, yeah, sure. in this in this environment and so I think my breakthrough moment was confidence of like what happened to me wasn't their fault or this girl's fault it was my fault I did I should have stood up in that moment and we wouldn't have been together probably anyway but I should have said we'll all deal with this yeah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. teach my girls and if I had a boy I'd be like don't let if you like this girl you and don't be crazy, but like you decide whether what's going to happen. Don't let other people, even your dad, right? It's like you got to. And so that was my turning point. And now it's really played well in life. And it's became, you know, your weakness is your strength. I'm a bit um, hard to convince about stuff. I think it's my super power. But it's like, I'm going to think for myself. I'm going to think for uh, uh uh, what I want to do and what I feels right, whether the book tells me to do this or the podcast tells me to do this or this person or my, even my business partner, uh, what, while being self-aware of, I'm probably wrong in many ways, but at least I'm going to start with, I'm right. So I think that that moment, my early, and then that translated to business and I was just okay with myself. Of course I dealt with shame and depression, but again, it was like that moment of like the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. Looking back in my life, which is people were really like, good life. I've had tough, I've had people pass away and stuff. So, but for me personally, it was my deepest valley that the one time I think thought about ending it, like killing myself. I didn't have a gun or drugs. Yeah. What was going through my mind, I fell asleep on the bathroom floor with a bunch of dudes that I live with. They heard me crying. And I remember it was a leather jacket, probably pleather, um, <laughs> laying on the ground. And I remember like, I didn't have it. I was like, I'll just take a hundred ad bill. I didn't know. I was, and I, Thank God I didn't. I was crying so much about it. And I fell, fell asleep in the puddle. I thought I had a dream while I fell asleep. I thought I like drowned in the puddle of tears. And it sounds crazy, but, and I came out of it and I didn't get over it right away. But I was like, no, that was my, I thought it was me that let that happen. And then I went through years of, 
because um, it was bad. Um, I went through years of uh, psychology, but I got right up and I started my business. I, I was right in the suit, early days of suitcase. And so that's my, that's my story. And if someone was asked me, I think that was my moment. It was the worst moment. And now when I have buddies that have went through really hard times that run big businesses or things, I'm like, you're going to look back and this, you know, and you don't say that to someone in the middle of their yeah, yeah, rally, but in my tact. mind, as they come out of it, I'm like, man, you're going to be like, this was the best. Like one of my buddies got like smeared in the New York times and uh, I won't say his name, but people, a lot of people know him, ran a big company and it wasn't, it ended up not being true what happened, but you can't ever get that back. Right. Yeah, no doubt. You, 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 they say in PR, like the bell can't be rang twice. Like if someone says you killed someone, Dave and proved you didn't, no, everyone thinks you killed some. Like PR press is bad. That's why fake. Everyone hates Trump, but it's true. Fake news is out there, or it's not the full truth. And it's like when it's not true, uh, there's no story about it's not true. Like front page, right, right, right. Yeah, so totally. my friend went through this thing, and it was horrible. Ruined his life, and now he's came through it, and he's kind of coming out. And I said to him that day, I'm like, man, you're gonna look back, and that was like the best. But it's like years. So for me, it was that moment. I think that's when I really started to become gritty and be like. I'm in control of my life. Yeah. Life is shitty. People out there, life is mostly shitty. Yeah. You're already eating a shit sandwich. Life so is mostly well shitty, it. but it can be awesome as you make, you know? Yeah. That's, ex- that's a great question. Yeah. Hope I didn't ramble too long. No, dude, but. have at her. Uh, so there's a couple things I'm curious about, but I'm also in my head. I have time. Yeah. yeah we're, we're up at an hour, so we'll yeah. probably want to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah for like sure. A couple well, minutes here. Maybe we'll have to uh, reschedule seven more times and try to get 2.0. <laughs> I would be honored. If I can make time, I would totally do it. I, okay, cool. I listen to your podcast, by the way, when I can. Uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's just real and raw. I want you guys to continue to do it because whether you have your viral moment or not, if it can affect one or two people, it's a powerful thing, right? So well, I've listened to a few of yours, yeah. and uh, it's you. been fun. And I, I encourage you when I see you, I'm like, keep doing it. And it's good to hear you guys. It's, I can see the conviction in your eyes of like, we're doing it. Yeah, I appreciate care, it, man. Who cares who listens? Well, that is why we started it, right? We yeah, kind of right. started it for a selfish yeah. reason, and then the, the, the covert reason was to impact, you know, yep. maybe it's one person. That was the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So This is fun, guys. You yeah, got, you guys got you. Thanks vibe. for making the time.